just want to say I'm so excited that you're here. Um, this week is full of exciting things, and tonight I am excited that you got to specifically sit in this room with us. Um, if this is your first time here, welcome. We have some things going on on Sunday as well, and we'd love to see you join us there as well. We'll be in this room at 10.30 on Sunday, and at 9 a.m. we'll have some refreshments that will take place just before the service, and we'd love to see your faces here. Uh, during Holy Week, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, we follow the life of Jesus during the week, leading up to his death and resurrection. Today is Good Friday, which corresponds with the day on which Jesus was crucified. We structure this service along the line of what is called a tenebrae service. The word is Latin and refers to shadows and darkness. The liturgy of tenebrae is characterized by particular readings and gradual extinguishing of lights. The service ends in darkness as a way for us to acknowledge and experience the emotions that might have been felt by Christ's death. We ask that as the service is over, that you would leave the sanctuary in silence. The service is filled with scripture. There's a telling of the story of Christ's crucifixion. Portions of the presentation are not from scripture, but have been added as an invitation to the audience to insert yourself into the narrative. I encourage you to put yourself into this story. There are several characters who will be depicted this evening. Imagine yourself there with them in the final days of Jesus's life. Imagine being at the home of Lazarus, Martha and Mary when Jesus was anointed. Imagine being a part of the Last Supper, a part of the group in the prayer garden. Imagine being a part of the crowd who said, crucify him. Imagine being at the cross.
This was my year to be the high priest. Most people had no idea how tenuous our relationship with Rome was. We had worked so hard to be allowed to keep our religious practices in an empire that required total allegiance to Caesar. We had sold ourselves to Rome, as some accused. It was so that our people could have privileges that no other group had. Jesus was on the verge of ruining everything. Some talked of making him king by force. If that notion got to Rome, we would be crushed so fast that no one would have time to organize any resistance at all. Those who had arrested Jesus brought him to me. I am Caiaphas, the high priest. I had assembled the teachers of the law and the elders. I recognized one of his followers in the crowd. I believe they call him Peter. He followed at a distance right up to the courtyard. He sat down with the guards to see the outcome of our deliberation. I was part of the gathering of the Sanhedrin. We were looking for evidence against Jesus so that we could put him to death. But nothing was rising to that level of punishment. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And then I stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. I said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us you are far, if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. I, I was stunned. I couldn't believe he was actually saying it. Chills went up my spine. I don't know if it was because I thought what he said might actually be true, or because we finally had self-confessed evidence that merited the death penalty. I tore my clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? The members of the Sanhedrin answered, he is worthy of death. But not all of us said that. One did not consent. Joseph of Arimathea. I wondered what was going on in his head. Then some there spit in Jesus' face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? All of this ended very early in the morning. We made plans as to have to how to have Jesus executed. So we bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. I would never attend a crucifixion. That is beneath my position. However, I had to be sure that it took place. I had to see but I certainly did not want to be seen. From a distance, in the shadows, I saw the three crosses raised. You would think I would have had some sense of satisfaction. But instead, I just felt nauseous. 
I hate Jerusalem. I don't like its location. I don't like the temple. I don't like the Jews, and I really don't like their festivals. But I have to be here during their obnoxious festivals because there are so many religious pilgrims, fanatics, who come during these times that we risk having a rebellion and no one here to keep order. My name is Pilate, the Roman governor. I serve Caesar, and there are a hundred places I would rather be, but this is my duty to the emperor and his empire. This particular week, the Jewish leaders brought Jesus from Caiaphas to my palace here in Jerusalem. It was early morning, and the Jews said they could not enter my palace because it was ceremonially unclean. They are so arrogant. I don't know why we tolerate them. So I went out and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. I said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. And they went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, I replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, I said. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? I seem to like many things. My husband does not. He hates to travel. I like it. He hates Jerusalem. I like it. He hates the festivals. I like the people, the shopping, the festivity, and of course, all the shopping. Maybe it's true that opposites do attract. I've learned over the years when to speak up and when to stay silent. But this time, I could not stay silent. He was hearing the case of the one they call Jesus. But I had a dream that was as clear and as powerful and as divine as anything I have ever experienced. Something was different about him. And my husband had no idea the danger he was in. I sent word to him that he should have nothing to do with what was taking place. I believed this as much as I have ever believed anything. Nevertheless, he had his soldiers take him into the praetorium. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and, thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to be crucified. The one time I desperately needed my husband to listen to me, and he didn't. I saw nothing meriting death, but the crowd was chanting, crucify him. I was getting nowhere. An uproar was starting, and that's the last thing that I wanted. So I took water and washed my hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, I said. It is your responsibility. I ordered the crucifixion.
had a notice prepared and ordered that it be fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city at a crossroads. The sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. I wanted everyone to know what happens to anyone who opposes Rome and Caesar. I remember the chief priests of the Jews protesting. His argument was, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. I can't believe he dared question me. I simply replied, what I have written, I have written. I hate this place. I cannot describe my agony watching him die. He had given me life, and now I was powerless to help him. He was the first person to see any good in me, the first to love me, the first person to love me without wanting something in return, the first to see past the ugliness that others saw and reached for the beauty that had been bestowed by my creator. He cast the demons out of my life. I would do anything for him, and yet there was nothing I could do. I am from Magdala, a small town on the Sea of Galilee. It's the town from which I get my name, Mary Magdalene. And it was there that I met Jesus and was forever changed. Near the cross we stood, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and me. My thoughts wandered. Jesus was criticized for my grace. He was a bomb for my wounds. And now I had this strange thought that somehow his death was connected to my life, a life I only had because of him. Draw me and play. 
like I've lived three lives today. I've seen these crosses before, walked down streets and stared into the faces of the criminals hanging on from them. But to see my son, my baby, on one of them, I don't have the words to describe it. I'm overwhelmed by my feelings, and yet at the same time, a deep, deep numbness. All his life, he has been surprising me. But this is a surprise no mother should have to live through. All of us all day have been crying and holding on to each other, asking ourselves how it came to this. He was always a bit of a mystery. He would challenge the rabbis as a child and then run off to play hide-and-seek with the other kids. He would tell stories that no one really understood until the very end when one sentence would light up the room and we somehow got it. He knew there was always a place at the table for him even after he moved out. But he would still say things like, the son of man has no place to lay his head. Other moms asked if his comments like this or things he'd say about family hurt me or troubled Joseph. But I knew my boy. He wasn't trying to hurt or dismiss us. I didn't always know what he was meaning, but I know he is simply the personification of love and the most compassionate, honest person I know. I don't know why I was chosen to raise him. And today, oh, I wish I wasn't the one chosen. My heart is breaking and I'm so filled with grief and anger and confusion that I feel I will never recover. And yet, he did something today, and it's the only thing that is bringing me any sense of comfort at all. He looked down at me from the cross. 
I can't believe I saw him do it because I could barely look at him. So bruised and weak and covered in blood. But I looked up and he was waiting for me to see him. And then with hardly any strength to speak, he spoke to me, me and our dear John. And he made sure that John would take care of me. At the very last moment of his life, he was thinking of me. Right after that, he died. My sweet Jesus, both man and God, always such a wonder to me. He saw me. He always did. And I knew him. I took care of him, and then he took care of me. I gave him life, then he gave me life. I had a front row seat to the crucifixion. I didn't want it, it was my job. As a centurion, I gave oversight to the soldiers who tended to this part of Roman life in Jerusalem. It was a terrible way to die, intended to discourage any person from acting out against the empire or inciting any type of insurrection. Soldiers take charge from the time of decree of death to the disposing of the body. Jesus carried his own cross through the streets, outside the city walls to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There, we crucified him, and with him, two others, one on each side, Jesus in the middle. There were quite a few people who witnessed the crucifixion. The place of the skull was right next to a well-traveled pathway. This was strategic in that Rome wanted as many people as possible to see the consequences of rebellion against the state. There were the travelers, the gossipers, the soldiers, the followers, and then there were some hiding in the shadows, watching at a distance, wanting to see, but not wanting to be seen. When we crucified Jesus, the soldiers under my command took his clothes, dividing them into four shares with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. But the part I will never forget was at the time of his death. The sky grew dark and a huge earthquake split the rocks. I remember saying out loud, surely he was the son of God.
Oh, oh. 
I was there, just one of many faces in the crowd. Morbid curiosity, I guess. One of the most gruesome things I've seen. There for Passover, hard to celebrate God's work of redemption when you see the iron fist of Roman power at work. Yep, I was in the crowd. Strangest crucifixion I have ever seen, and I've seen several. The sun going dark, the earthquake, the respect of the centurion, the spirit of the guy who was forced to carry a cross, his two boys being there, that little sign over one of the criminals that said, King of the Jews. I don't know what to make of any of it. I've never heard anyone quote scripture from a cross before, but I was there. I heard it. That man in the middle, the one some called the Messiah, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, that's one of our psalms. It's, it's a lament psalm. But now that I think about it, it, it's also a psalm of triumph. It's almost as if he knew something we didn't. Peter was gone. So were Philip and Thomas and the others. I can't, I can't explain why I was even there. Just like I can't really explain why I left my fishing nets to follow him, or why I was mesmerized by the parables he taught, or dumbfounded at the miracles he performed. My name is John. And I will forever be indebted for the love, for the love that's changed my life. And the life that gives me a chance to reflect that love. I was at the cross for him. But I was obviously there for his mother as well. Glad to call her my mother now. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him. said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two, knowing that everything had now been finished. And so the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. And so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips.
Remember Jesus' final words, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Nothing about this seemed right. The arrest, the trial, the torture, and the crucifixion. There is no doubt that he created division. It seemed like people either loved him or felt threatened by him. And it was precisely because so many people loved him that many of my peers felt threatened by him. I was more than intrigued by his teachings and his actions. I have longed for the kingdom of God to fully come. And I wondered if this could be that time and if he could be the one. My name is Joseph. I come from Arimathea. I served on the council that put him on trial following his arrest. I disagreed with the council's decision and did not consent. I worried what my dissent might mean for my future, but their actions simply were not right. I was ashamed of the sarcasm, 
belittling and abuse the council perpetrated on him. The day of the crucifixion was the day of preparation. And the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Therefore, the soldiers came, broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled that says, not one of his bones will be broken. I, I had stayed in the shadows before. I came to Jesus at night. Like many others, I was always afraid of what other people might think of me. I didn't want to mess up the image I had carefully crafted, nor lose the status that often feels so fragile. But it was time. It was time to come out of the shadows. Don't get me wrong. My fear of losing status no longer seemed important, but I still had a fear of the Jewish leaders. My name? My name is Nicodemus. My friend Joseph from Arimathea and I asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. With Pilate's permission, we came we took the body away. I brought a large mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 70 pounds worth. Taking Jesus' body, the two of us wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb. We laid Jesus there. This is all part of a larger story that stretches from eternity to eternity. The story began at the dawn of creation when the lamb was chosen. And it continues through the giving of the law, the prophets, 
and the incarnation. In Hebrews 10, verses 11 through 12, the writer speaks of the chief priests standing because their work is never done. Christ sits down at the right hand of the Father because his work is complete. And because of that, the story continues. In a few moments, we will close the evening praying the prayer our Savior taught his disciples to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Following the prayer, there will be a few moments of silence, and then the lights will come on dimly to provide enough light for you to exit safely. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.